Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And Dad said, son... Sometimes in life, if you're going to get by in business, you've got to make some compromises and play some games. Well, this boy grew very, very bitter at his father for being a hypocrite and playing a game just for business. And soon this boy would leave Germany and bury himself in a library in London where he studied and he wrote prolifically. He was bitter against religion when he wrote these words, religion is the opiate of the masses. Who wrote that? Who knows? Karl Marx. Karl Marx became bitter against Christ, bitter against religion. Why? Because of the hypocrisy that he saw in his family. And Karl Marx's teachings and writings are still negatively affecting humanity even to this day. So we got to be careful. This whole thing of hypocrisy. Walk the walk, saints. Walk the walk, saints. Walk the walk, saints. It's walking the walk and not necessarily talking the talk is what's going to win your friends and draw your family. I'm not saying never share the gospel. We are commanded to do that. But if we share the gospel and we don't walk the walk as Christians, what good is that? As a matter of fact, we're hurting them. And especially as it relates to our children. What happens is when you when you live the life of a Christian at home, you don't only worship when you come to church. You worship when, when you're home. You worship in your car. You, get, you just worship. You just are a worshiper. Your kids hear you praying on the phone with someone. The kids hear you just, just singing, humming a song for Jesus. You know, that starts to send a witness and send a message to your children. And then when they grow up, you'll be proud of them because they will do the same. They will. But it starts with you. And it starts with me. Not being a hypocrite. One way at home and another way at church. Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite when you pray. Because the hypocrites pray to be seen and heard of men. And when people give you applause and when people clap and think you're so spiritual, you got your reward. Again, let me just say, Jesus isn't against public prayer. He's not against public prayer. He's pointing out that if the only time you pray is in public, this is hypocritical. If the only time you pray is in public. Now, I don't know about you, but I was trying to explain it in first and second service that I've been in a lot of prayer meetings in my life and Christian life. 
and a lot of prayer circles in, in my Christian life. And, 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 and quite honestly, I, I have to admit, it, it's kind of, uh, sometimes it can be kind of strange. Amen. I mean, it really can sometimes be kind of strange. I mean, I mean, have you ever noticed, and I don't understand this, but how, how often do we hear people, like we go to prayer meetings or whatever, and we go to prayer circles, and we hear people, and, and when they're talking to God, they feel a need to speak in the King James Version of the Bible. Have you, have you heard that? It's like, hello, God doesn't talk in the Queen's English. It's okay just to simply talk to God. It's okay to talk to God normally. And, and, you know, talking to King James Version of the Bible and, and use really big words. Oh, omnipotent God, eternal in the heavens, the Father who sits high and looks low. And it's like, I don't know. I find that to be a little bit strange. I mean, God doesn't speak in King James Version of the Bible. And God, you don't have to use really big words when you're talking to God. You can just talk to God just like you talk to someone else. You don't have to talk to God in really big words. You don't have to use the Queen's English. You don't have to change your voice. Now, y'all know what I'm saying. You know, sometimes, and preachers are guilty of it, we get in the pulpit and all of a sudden, they become somebody else. It's like they you change a whole voice. And, and you got to, you know, they use like, duh, at the end of every word. It's like, and God wants you. And I'm like, hello, do you talk this way when you order a Taco Bell? I can't imagine. Oh, I want two tacos with some cheese. Glory. I want some sour cream. And the person taking your order, they're like, what? Is that what they mean by speaking in tongues? I don't get it. What's up with that? I mean, can you imagine driving up to the drive-thru and you're like taking the order? You'd be like, okay. You know, call 911 psycho in the parking lot, you know, because you don't do that. Nobody does that. That's hello. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep it real. Okay, I'm not trying to be offensive. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't understand it. That's all. When I see people in the food line, nobody walks up. Pastor Rodney, you picking up some milk, you know, grab me some beans, and, you know, I, and like, oh, yes, ah, God is good. Ah. I, I don't understand that. I, look, let me, let me just say something here, all right? Because y'all family, amen, y'all family, all right? Can't we just talk to God like we talk to each other? Is that all right? Say amen. Just talk to God. Look, God, help. You know, one of the most spiritual prayers spoken in the Bible is when Peter was walking on water. You remember. Peter was walking on water. Ha! No, just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it sunk. God. And I'm sorry. I'm just, this is fun. I mean, you know. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to start preaching that way, as a matter of fact. Now I understand it. No. And, and, and Peter was walking on water. The waves began to overwhelm him. He started losing faith. And you know what he did? He saw Jesus. He said, Help! Now, that's a spiritual prayer, y'all. Peter just says, he's sinking, he's, help! And what happened? And you know what I find is interesting about that prayer? Because that's a prayer. When you just say, 
help that is a prayer. Uh, you know what I find interesting? He didn't say in Jesus' name. You mean he prayed and he didn't like give the tagline? Because you got, oh, you know, Jesus, in Jesus' name is like the tagline. You have to say it. It's like, it's like over and out. Or, or you know, <laughs> you know, it's like Roger Dodger, 10-4, good buddy. I mean, it's, you know, signing off. I mean, you have to kind of put the Jesus' name on the box. Because if you don't, it's not valid. I mean, it's just not. And then don't misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand me. Don't go away thinking. I don't think that you should pray in Jesus' name. You should. We should. Because everything we are, everything that we have, in him we live, we move, we have our being. The scriptures is clear that we need to pray in the name of our great God and Savior. His name is Jesus. I want to be clear about that. I, I do believe that. We need to. And I pray in Jesus' name. But what I am saying is that if you get to the place in your life where you just say, help, and you don't say Jesus' name, it doesn't mean that God's not going to answer your prayer. It doesn't mean that God's going to say, oh, well, now, what do you say? (laughs) You know how you do your kids, right? You're like, what do you say? Come on, come on, come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ah, there you go. God says, okay, I'll move. No, that's not right. And it's not right. Now, yes, we should pray in Jesus' name. But the reality is one of the most spiritual prayers I see, I find in the Bible, is when Peter just calls out the name of the Lord. See, God is looking for the heart. Again, again read the Sermon on the Mount and then get to the heart. Well, the heart is, look, God, if I need you, Lord, I'm praying in sincerity. And, Father, I'm calling out to you in truth and in sincerity. Lord, I need you. And God will answer. You don't have to change change your, your tone and use big words and speak in certain Queen's English and all of these things. That's not necessary. Just talk to God. Just keep it real, I think Jesus would say if he were living today. Keep it real. Now, how can you keep it real? Well, Jesus tells us. Here's the way to pray. And let me give you, I got a pen in your hand. Let me give you three things that I want to point out. And how are we to pray? Well, Jesus tells us very clearly in verses 6, 7, and 8 through 13. Jesus tells us quickly, number one, pray in secret. Pray secretly, saints. Number two, pray sincerely. Pray secretly in verse 6. Pray sincerely in verse 7. And pray systematically in verse 8 through 13, of which we will get to next week. Pray systematically. First of all, pray in secret. Look in your Bibles in verse 6. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room. Shut the door. Talk to God the Father who is in the secret place and the Father who is in the secret place and sees in secret. Saints, he'll reward you openly. Pray secretly. Secret prayer. Jesus said, go in your closet. Does that mean we should literally go into our closets? Well, for some of us, that wouldn't be possible. Because if you open your closet, you get a landslide. (laughs) You're laughing because that's pretty much most of us. I know I have a couple of cousins like that. And uh, so maybe that's not possible. And maybe it is. Let the landslide happen. Go in the closet. Shut the door. 
Is he talking about literally going to closet? I don't know. Actually, I think the point is this. Get alone with God. That's the point. Just get alone with God in the bedroom, in the bathroom, in the boiler room. Or while you're walking in the woods or in the field or along the shore or on the treadmill. Take the time to get alone with God. Listen, while you're commuting to work, your car can become your sanctuary. Your car can become your sanctuary while you're commuting to work. Turn off Shania. Amen. Never put in Brittany. No, just kidding. That, that poor child. She gets bad rap. Turn off Luther and drive and let your car. I'm just thinking of stuff here. And, um, you know, you're just driving along. Singing a happy song, you know. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Worship you. Don't sing something, you know. You, you are God. Don't try to step thing while you're, while you're driving. <laughs> you are God. You are God. God, God. Yes, you are. And, and, and talk to God. And spend time with God. Take the time to pray and to, to hear from God. Find a place to get alone. And when you pray, Jesus said, See, what's the point here? Shut the world out and talk to God. That is so important. I can't tell you how many prayer meetings I've been in where people were not talking to God. They were talking to others. People were talking to other people in the prayer meeting. How many times have I heard prayers like that? Where you're talking to somebody else, you're talking to impress others, and you're not talking to God. You know, Lord, you know I need some new shoes. And um, nine and a half sketchers. D with. You know, they're at Crabtree Mall off the 440. And uh, Father, you, you know, I live at 123 Mockingbird Lane in Fuquay, Verena, 27560. And uh, I'll be home Sunday uh, in, in Jesus' name. Wait a minute. Are you talking to God? Or are you talking to others, hoping somebody will go to Crabtree Mall, get your nine and a half sketches, D with, put them in the mail and send them to your house? Who are you talking to? How often have we heard people not talking to God and talking to others? Jesus says, shut the world out and talk to the Father. Speak to him. Pray in secret. But not only pray in secret, number two, pray sincerely. In verse seven, don't pray using vain repetitions. Now the rabbis, they taught that long prayer, long prayers are heard. They taught that long prayers are heard. And so they had a really famous prayer. And it went like this. Blessed, praised, glorified, exalted, honored, magnified, lauded be the name of the Holy One. Blessed, praised, glorified, exalted, honored, magnified, lauded be the Holy One. And on and on and on they would continue to repeat repetitiously this prayer. Oh, we do the same thing. We have prayer wheels. We have prayer beads. Here recently we have... Prayer email. You ever get those emails and it's like, hey, you know, here, here's a, here's a prayer. Pray this prayer and send it to 20 people. It's like, I, I, I don't do that, y'all. If y'all send it to me, it's going to stop right here. So I'm just, 
I ain't going no further because I, I don't do that. You know, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be led of the Lord how to pray for a particular situation. That's going to be a done deal. That's the end of it. Pray in vain repetitions. I mean, we, we do that today. People are praying. I've, again, I've been in prayer meetings, and, 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 and you know, you, and you hear, you know, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, holy Jesus, love you, Jesus, praise Jesus, 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 Jesus. I've been in prayer meetings like that. It's like, I love the name of Jesus, but, that, but that's enough. Can you? He's just over and over with no heart connection. With no heart connection. Now, grant you, don't misunderstand me. If somebody's praying that way and their heart is connected, then oh well. But the reality is, oftentimes we're just repeating words, vain repetitions. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says don't pray like that because the heathens do that? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The heathens do that. God wants our prayer to be concise and precise. So often we think the strength of prayer is linked to the length of prayer. So we think if we pray longer and if we pray with you know, more words that God is going to hear us more. God will, you know, our prayers are more anointed. The strength of prayer being linked to equal to the length of prayer. Not true. Again, Peter, help. God helped him. God wants our prayers to be concise. You know, in his Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2, this is an awesome verse. God is in heaven and you are on the earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Isn't that a great verse? Let your words be few. No need to pray and inform God. I'm guilty of that. I pray and inform God. Praying for my wife, Father. I'm praying for my wife, Elvira. You know, I'm, God's like, hello, I know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and you know, God, um, you know, though she needs healing, touch her body, bring healing, you know. You see, God, it all started when she woke up in the morning. And it's like, <laughs> God is like, hello. <laughs> Can you just get to the point? You see, the strength of prayer has nothing to do with the length of prayer. Just pray. Talk to the Father. And a simple, beautiful prayer. It's fairly short. We're going to talk about it next week. It's a perfect prayer. We just read it. Many people call this in verse 9 through 13. They call this the Lord's Prayer. Let me tell you something. You come back next week and I'm going to tell you how to pray this prayer systematically. But let me tell you something. This is not the Lord's Prayer. Amen, saints. If you've been around here for any length of time, you know. This is not the Lord's Prayer. Can't go into it right now, but this is not the Lord's Prayer. This is the model prayer. This is a model prayer, and it's a beautiful prayer. And it's interesting because the Our Father, people pray that in vain repetition. Isn't that amazing? People pray that in vain repetition. Jesus says, when you're praying, notice in verse 14, don't forget to forgive people. The Lord wants us to be forgiving, loving people. We need to be forgiving and have a forgiving spirit. There's no place for unforgiveness in the life of the believer. You see, Jesus gave us the greatest gift of all. He forgave us. It's amazing how often we can, you know, we'll sin and we'll say, Father, forgive me. And God does. You know, when I ask God to forgive me, I feel forgiven. 
Do you? I, I really feel forgiven. I can't explain it. I just feel it. But, but, but equally, when I say, Father, forgive me, then I need to be willing to forgive others. So often we are not willing to forgive others, but we will quickly say, Father, forgive us. There's something wrong with that. How can we ask God to forgive us when we're not willing to forgive others? Man's greatest need is forgiveness. And the Bible says that when you ask God to forgive you, he will, and he casts your sin in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. Isaiah 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Man, that's an awesome verse. Did you know that God does not, when you ask him to forgive you, God does not forget about your sin. Did you know that? God does not forget about your sin because God is God. God can't forget. God doesn't forget anything. God is God. And because he's God, he doesn't forget. But the Bible says not that God forgets about your sin, but that he chooses not to remember your sin. He chooses not to remember it? Yeah. He cast your sin and see forgetfulness never to be remembered anymore. And then someone said that God then posts a sign that says no fishing allowed. Don't you like that? God put your sin in the sea of forgetfulness, never remember anymore. And nobody, not even you, should go back and get that sin. And go, oh, I'm such a sinner. I'm such a low life. I'm so bad. I'm no good. You know, God is saying, yeah, uh, tell me something that I don't already know. But that's why he died for you. Because he knows that we're bad. God loves us. You know, this guy named General Orenthorpe, he said this. He said, to John Wesley, he said, I'll never forgive and I'll never forget. To which Wesley replied, then, sir, I hope you never sin. You know, we say, well, I'll forgive you, but I'm never going to forget it. And that actually means I'm never going to forgive you. God says, you ask for forgiveness. Notice in verse 14, if you forgive men their trespasses, your father in heaven will forgive you of yours. May we always be people who pray, and in our prayers, remember, Lord, give me a forgiving heart. You know why it's important to have a forgiving heart? Not so you can release the person. That, that, no, to have a forgiving heart, the, the importance of it is so that you can be free. Because unforgiveness keeps you in bondage, not the other person. They're just going on with their life. They don't care whether you forgive them or you don't. They don't care. They're just going on with their life. They don't even know you're mad at them. But unforgiveness, and you know what the psychologists say? Unforgiveness is one of the many causes of cancer. And that's pretty amazing. You don't forgive people, you're hurting yourself. Jesus knows that, and that's why he says, forgive. Even as your Father in heaven has forgiven you, your greatest need, my greatest need, is forgiveness. Not information, because if it had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent a Savior. And his name is Jesus. And he forgave us our sin. We need to forgive others. Next week, we're going to deal with, 
in depth the Lord's Prayer in verses 9 through 13. Father, we love you so much. Stand at your feet, you guys. We honor you. We bless you, Lord, because of who you are. We love you today, God, because of your word and how it instructs us and directs us in Christ. And Father, I pray for your word to dwell in our hearts richly. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for being our king. And Father, we submit to that now. We submit to you as our king. Father, lead our lives. Direct us, Lord, your people. May we continue to love God with our heart, mind, and soul. And to commit our all to him. Lord, may we continue with a good witness. Not only talk the talk walk the walk as believers. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800- 293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.